Hello, and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we discuss an often forgotten installment in a franchise and see if you should check it out for yourself. I'm one of your hosts, Corey, and with me, I've got Liam. In the words of Chief Inspector Wu, you better eat that asshole. He means it. Is that... And Mitch. In the words of Ken, if you have any dignity, apologize to the rice right now. Such a good line. That whole scene is so good. It is. Um, I can't wait to talk about that specific scene. Um, <laughs> dude, the f- Man, the way that guy is just so... <laughs> Actually, I'll have my quote from a greasy, terrible American gangster. This fucking fried rice stinks! <laughs> oh, the delivery of that line was so good. Fucking fried rice. I wrote to multiple people that day that I think that's the best ADR line I've ever heard. It's very yeah, good. There are some it, good ones in this movie. <laughs> um, this movie being A Better Tomorrow 2, which is a classic piece of Hong Kong action cinema directed by none other than the man in the myth and the legend John Woo. This is something that we haven't really gotten to all that much on this show. I feel like we've been fairly action averse in the grand scheme of things. Speed 2 ruined it for us early on and we were like, all right. Yeah, like this brand of action movie we haven't really gotten to. I think mm. by virtue of the Speed 2s of the world. Um mm. but we did I that Jackie say- Chan one. What was that one called? Uh that was Police Story 4. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I don't remember us being like head over heels for. No, I didn't like it. Um, but police story is cool. Police story is actually going to come up later, um, yeah. a little bit. But um, yeah, man. Uh, we're finally like really cutting to the chase here. We're really getting a lot of big hitters in here, big names, really like prolific kind of figures. Uh, that I'm going to preface this right now with. I have a fairly limited knowledge of like the genre and the scene despite it's like relative popularity and so for anybody who you know is really embedded in this if if at any point we sound like dumbasses you know sorry (laughs) that's that might happen here just brace yourself for that the only thing that i can say is that um I took a bunch of film studies classes in university and I was looking to kind of get back on my film studies kick. Um, So a while ago, I bought and read a book called Hong Kong Connections, Transnational Imagination in Action Cinema. And I remember enjoying that. And so I saw a lot of names there in that. Um, But because I wasn't having to like write a paper on it later myself, I didn't necessarily internalize all of it. So that's the best I can do. <laughs> the best I can do is that and the fact that uh my profile picture on Windows is from a better tomorrow one. Hell yeah. Love that for you. Yeah, man. It's it's the iconic goat photo of uh Chow Yun Fat lighting the sig with the counterfeit bill. <laughs> yeah, I mean that photo does appear in this movie as well. It does. They do find space for it, and how could you not? Um, yeah, how could you not? Yeah. But first, I think I'm most interested with Liam here. Just quick, do you have much familiarity with like these filmmakers or any of these actors or this kind of movie? No. Um, I recognize the name John Woo when you guys said it, but 
I don't I don't know any of his movies. In fact, I looked him up and I learned that he's the Face Off guy. He made the movie Face Off, mm. but that I haven't seen that. I've wanted to see that for for so long, and I haven't seen it. And I definitely haven't seen any of the other movies he's done. Um, yeah, I don't have much familiarity with uh, even even just action movies, let alone Hong Kong action movies. Um, the extent of my knowledge would be uh, some movies by the dude Stephen Chow. Do you remember that dude? Uh, apparently he shows oh, yeah. up in this movie or maybe he shows up in the first one in a very small role. But he did a movie like uh, um, that aired on TV a lot in the early 2000s called Shaolin Soccer. I think he also did uh, Kung Fu Hustle. Shaolin Soccer is going to come up a bunch today. I love Shaolin Soccer. That movie was... Has that so come up with the podcast strange before? to me. Maybe I, the only time I could think I might have mentioned it was on the Police Story Four episode, but even then, I don't know if it came up. Um, but I I used to watch Shaolin Soccer all the time, and I thought it was so strange because like, um, I didn't I didn't even know what foreign movies were back then. Like, I thought all movies were American. I didn't even know Harry Potter was British and took place elsewhere. So watching Shaolin Soccer and like it was a it was a dubbed version that would always play on TV. Um, and it's like playing on all these martial arts tropes that I just like was unfamiliar with. And so the movie was just so unsettling to me, but also very comedic. And so. I really like that movie, but that is that's it, dude. I don't know any of these actors. I don't know what John Woo's MO is. In fact, I thought that this was going to be a kung fu movie. I think I just figured when you guys said last week that this was a John Woo movie, I just assumed he was a, a kung fu, like martial arts director, I think. Um, and he, he did do a bit of that. Um, there was actually a movie on Criterion Channel. That well, I saw it there anyway. But um, called Last Hurrah for Chivalry, which is like a wuxia, like swords and wire work and like fucking flying around, uh, kind of style of uh action choreography movie. So like he kind of he gets around. Yeah, the the Red Cliff. There's there's two of them. Um, those movies are, are like historical epics, but there's also like some I guess like light fantasy like that, like in the fights. Sweet, yeah, all news to me. In fact, I've been I've been calling this movie a better luck tomorrow too by accident all week, and I just learned um, in trying to Google this movie before the episode that better luck tomorrow is that movie that uh, the dude from Tokyo Drift is in that we like. Corey, what's that dude? Oh, uh, Sung Kang. Yeah, Sung Kang. That movie that he's in, that his character originated in, that's called Better Luck Tomorrow. And so I think I've just I crossed wires in my head, and I keep thinking this movie is called Better Luck Tomorrow too. But no. So blank slate, almost. Yeah, yeah. And I saved any any uh, googling um, I did till after the movie. Like I didn't know that this was the Face Off dude while I watched it. I didn't even know what year this movie came out. I just you you sent us the YouTube link and so I just yeah. clicked it. So have you it. seen Face Off? No, I haven't seen Face Off. Oh dude, Face Off's fucking cool. It, yeah, it, it sounds rules. awesome. It sounds awesome. We I think gotta, you would like Face Off a lot. <laughs> I think I, I think I would love it. No, I've I've meant to watch it. We should movie night that one. I love Nick Cage and it sounds like an amazing uh vehicle for him. I like John Travolta too. So um, in high school, I ended up at a friend's house of a friend that I didn't like hang out with all that much outside of school, 
but I think we were like going to the same place and maybe I was giving him a ride there or something. But I showed up early and it's like 10 in the morning and we go into his living room and he had just been watching Face Off at like 9 a.m. And he was like, do you want to watch Face Off? And I was like, sure, man. Yeah. Like, okay, (laughs) let's 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 watch Face Off. That was the first time I saw it, which is like walking in. It had partially started and he was just watching it at like 9 a.m. That sounds awesome. If you start watching movies at 9 a.m., you can get a lot more movies in. I used to do that, too. In the in the throes of university when I wanted to watch movies, but it didn't seem like I had enough time. I would wake up at like 7 a.m. and watch a movie before I went to class. Never face off, though. Big mistake. Big mistake by me. We'll get there. We got plenty of time. Life is long. People don't say that a lot, but life is long. It's the longest thing you'll ever do. It is. I think. How do you know? Maybe. maybe. Know it all. Uh, So, Mitch, what about you? Are you Hong Kong action man? Uh, I had a phase when I was, like, younger, like, much younger. I'd say, like... I first like watched 84 hard-boiled. because you're an old old man. <laughs> I am an old man. Now, uh, I watched Hard Boiled when I was like a preteen. Um and I didn't really have much comprehension of like international cinema at that time or like what John Woo meant to action movies or anything like that. Um but I thought it was like a really cool uh practical action movie with really exceptional choreography and and sort of uh, set pieces that were stressful and well constructed and um so i was really impressed and i sought out like a a few more of his movies then because i really liked the style um but then i kind of shelved it and then a couple years later i kind of like rediscovered his movies uh when i was more in like my late teens like when i was like 18 or 19 um and so I've seen a handful of like of Hong Kong action films from this period, and I, and I really do enjoy the first movie quite a bit. And so I just picked this one because I liked the first one, um, and that's really it. There's not too much else to it. Um, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I have seen a handful of some Hong Kong action stuff, not as much as I'd like. I think it's it's clearly. Hmm. I very rarely have a bad time. We'll see if that trend continues, but um, it's something that I've always been curious about. That's part of why I bought that book is just, I was just increasingly curious. It's such an interesting scene and like everything I've ever heard about like the really notable like movies that people talk about a lot, just they all seem extremely cool. So I had like a passing familiarity with what I'm sure to, pardon me, with what I'm sure to, a purist would seem like very obvious or bland like very uh normy i guess uh understanding of the genre but it's always seemed cool but i haven't i've never seen as much of it as i think i'd like to have so this was a fun excuse to get a little extra in there yeah i mean it's such an influential genre you see it um echoed in so many different things i think especially like john woo's sort of style of action um really uh really exportable and really uh really influential like we see it so much well, in our fucking video iconic and, like it's yeah. yeah yeah max Payne owes john woo a great debt the know? matrix too <sighs> right i mean yeah not the first one just the second <laughs> that was a Corey joke why it just seems like the kind of joke you would make that's all 
The second Matrix <laughs> movie goes hard. I, I actually, I'm actually a big fan. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I love the action in that movie. I is that the one with the highway? Uh, yeah, with a okay. car chase. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to remember which one it was. I'm not too. I'm not like Matrix pilled in in a way. I know a lot of people are. When I was younger, <laughs> I was. What? That's just, that's just funny because that's where that pill thing came from is the Matrix. Yeah. Oh, clever. yeah, true. No shit, eh? What were you going to say, Mitch? I was just saying when I was younger, the Matrix were definitely foundational for me. I, I used to like fucking love those movies. Yeah. Nice. You know, I've never seen them. I've just uh, I've played a Matrix Flash game. I used to play one a lot. Uh, bullet Time Fighting, I think that's what it was called. Nice. That was sick, but I haven't, I haven't I seen the, Matrix, the movies. Uh, the Matrix Reloaded, which was like a terrible... Uh, PC bargain bin game that I got that I played. Like, I think I had a, a PS2 Matrix game. Nice. Yeah, have you have them? Have you seen the new one, Mitch? No, the I fourth? haven't. That no, is absolute TMAO fodder. I can't believe we haven't gotten to that yet. <laughs> Big time. Yeah, and that's not even it's not even like forced TMAO fodder where like sometimes a new movie just comes out and we're like it's a sequel, it counts. But uh, this one, it's only been out like six months and. It feels I feel like it dropped I, off the face of the earth. That's right. Yeah. So maybe we got to do it, and I'll decide if I if I get caught up or if I just go into the Matrix Four blind. Yeah. Well, we need to give a chance for a uh, uh, Candyman guy to redeem himself. Uh, yeah, Abdul Mateen, because <laughs> we mm. didn't like his movie. Is he in that one? He's plays. He's playing Morpheus. Oh. I thought I Jared think. Leto played Morpheus. <laughs> yeah. No, you're also right. Oh, okay. So, cast and crew stuff then. Uh, pardon any uh, mispronunciations in advance, though. You know, did do some due diligence for once in my life, so hopefully it's not too bad. Um, as mentioned, directed by John Woo. We've talked about a bunch of his movies already. Uh, Last Hurrah for Chivalry, The Killer, Bullet to the Head, Hard Boiled, Hard Target, Face Off, uh, Mission Impossible 2. You know, some big hitters in there. Still working. Um, it's written by John Woo and also written by Choi Hawk, which is a name that came up a lot in that book that I was reading. Um, he also directed A Better Tomorrow 3. And Mitch, that one's in Vietnam, so maybe we got to scope that. I've been meaning to wow. see that one. <laughs> I uh, might pick that one again. Who knows? Or, or yeah. Like, we might go back to this franchise. It's very possible. Also worked on Once Upon a Time in China, uh, something called Black Mask. But also um, a much more recent, like huge action blockbuster called The Battle at Lake Changjin, which made like a billion dollars. <laughs> like it was huge. I because I remember hearing about it like on Twitter, and just been like, man, this movie's making a lot of money. Uh, so dude is still getting out there, which is pretty sick. Um, Liam, I've got an unexpected connection for you here. Shaolin um, Soccer? No, Shaolin Soccer is coming up. Okay. Uh, but uh, David Wu edited this movie. Is that is that is he related to John Wu? Uh, different spelling. Oh, okay. Uh, so we've got Hard Boiled, Brotherhood of the Wolf, The Bride with White Hair, Bullet in the Head, and Oh, wait, Bride let me of Chucky. <laughs> oh, oh shit, dude, gonna guess? No, it's okay. I was literally gonna say Freddy versus Jason. Um, same that's energy. <laughs> well, that's because they were done by the same director, um, oh, and okay. I and I know that the Freddy vs. Jason Bride of Chucky director was a, a Hong Kong director who then started doing American movies. Um, Damn, I, I wish I knew. I wish I stopped before. Like, 
before you could guess. Yeah, no, it's all good. That 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 is cool. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess uh, they they must have known each other, or maybe he just wanted to uh, bring in someone who he was a fan of. But yeah, huge, huge martial arts energy and like Hong Kong filmmaking in Freddy versus Jason for sure. I don't think there's as much of it in Bride of Chucky. But, oh, uh, that's cool. Ronnie Yu, who is the yeah, Freddy that's, that's Jason him. guy, yeah. the bride with white hair. So that's what the connection is. Mm, he directed it. Yeah, that's oh, the connection cool. there. Sweet. The cinematography is why is by Wing Hang Hong, who is uh the killer, Better Tomorrow, Hard Boiled, Bold in the Head, so a bunch of John Woo stuff, Better Tomorrow Three, so some more Choi Hawk. Um, so you know, they're keeping it in the family, so to speak. Uh and then we've got music by two different uh credits here. We've got Joseph Koo, who worked on um The Way of the Dragon, Fist of Fury, so Bruce Lee stuff. A Better Tomorrow, OG, a movie called Happy Ghost 3, which I just thought was a fun title. Um, and then we've got Lol Lowe, who worked on The Killer, uh, a movie called God of Gambler Part 3, Back to Shanghai, which is another name that I thought was fun. And Liam, finally, Shaolin Soccer. Yes. And then so uh, this movie's cast is, is pretty loaded as well. We've already talked about Chow Yun Fat, so I'll get him first. Uh, he's our boy Ken, uh, Chayan Fat, bordering on not needing an introduction, but I'll give him one anyway because he's cool. Now introduce him to me. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, The Replacement Killers, Bulletproof Monk, Hard Boiled, um, A Better Tomorrow, The Killer, etc. He's also been doing a bunch of, uh, continued doing a bunch of uh, Hong Kong and Chinese movies. Uh, so he's like prolific in terms of just getting out there and making stuff. Chiang Fat's cool as fuck, dude. Yeah, he is. What a guy. Um, Dean Sheck is playing Lung. T Lung is playing Sung. He was in the first A Better Tomorrow. Uh, we've got Leslie Chung playing uh, Kit. And um, Leslie Chung is so fucking cool, man. Like, are you guys familiar with him at all? No. Yeah, I've seen him in the first one and, and in other sort of Hong Kong action movies from that period, yeah. Yeah, but he's also done some like Wong Kar Wai. Uh, oh, sure. If seen, oh, yeah, if yeah, yeah, yeah. Days yeah. of being wild or happy together. And then uh, he was also in Farewell, My Concubine. He was in The Bride with White Hair. Um, he made a ton of music. Like, he had a huge music career as well. He was just like mm. an absolute fucking king shit kind of dude like he was just extremely popular and just yeah. like and um he was also it, it's just worth mentioning that like he was also just like an out queer person at a time when that was a lot harder and especially where he was too yeah and just like and also he played roles that like leaned into that so you know i'm sure that was difficult but just knowing that there was somebody who um was out and also just like outrageously famous is crazy um we i wish we got more from this dude he's super cool well he died fairly young right yeah he committed suicide too yeah it's, it's a sad uh it's terrible yeah but uh no you go watch like any of his movies dude is so fucking cool and then we've also got, uh, let's see here. Let me get back to the list. We've got Emily Chu playing Jackie, uh, which is his wife. We've got 
Quan Shan playing uh Ko, who is like the main bad guy. He's also in Police Story 2. Yeah. <laughs> much <laughs> much more of a comic role in this one. Although he still sort yeah. of has a goofy presence in this one. Yeah, but he's like hamming it up in a good way. Yeah. I think. We've also got Kenneth Sang as Ken, the taxi guy, who they meet up with like halfway through to do planning with. Um, he's in Die Another Day, the James Bond movie. Um, he's also in The Killer and Rush Hour 2. Shing Fui On, Lam Chung, Ing Man Tat, Peter Wang, Lun Ming Yang, Louis Roth, Regina Kent, Ken Boyle, Lao Su Ming, Mike Abbott, Cindy Lau, and Steve Mack. And this movie is <laughs> about... I will admit... It did take me a while to kind of get get it straight. Um, at yeah. first, I was a little bit confused about what was happening. I had to make sure I had all my ducks in a row. So I'm glad you're the have, one doing this. Yeah, man. Whew. So <laughs> in, in the simplest of terms, um, some I'm going to use the term mob for the sake of simplicity. Some like mob guys who are trying to go straight with their business ventures have a man attempt to overthrow their shipping business that they want to go straight with, who is leveraging a bunch of extra business shares to try to take it over. And also that same guy is using it, wants to use that as like a base of operations for a continuing money laundering scheme of not money laundering but like counterfeit money they're making a bunch of counterfeit money counterfeit money also in a better tomorrow one yeah reign supreme in these movies this is not new um and then so we have a group of dudes who have to team up and stop that from happening that's the simple version (laughs) the more complicated version is that we have uh sung se ho who is in jail because of the first movie (laughs) And he is offered to go spy on his old boss and mentor, who is Lung, who is suspected of being in charge of the counterfeiting operation. And they want to catch that guy. And so, and he's like, no, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to, you know, flop on my boy. I will not spy on my old boss. Fuck you. So then uh, the police give that case to his brother, who agrees to go undercover. And then... <laughs> Sung Se Ho also goes undercover to stop his brother from being in danger by being undercover and his brother Kit has like become the boyfriend of the <laughs> the mentor's daughter and is like bugging a big ship and is like spying on all these meetings and then they meet again and they agree to work together and in order to do that Kit is um, abandoning his pregnant wife <laughs> um there's a murder. There's a couple murders. Uh, Lung is framed for at least one of those. He escapes to New York, suffers a psychotic breakdown after realizing his daughter is dead, and meets up with the long-lost brother of Chow Yun-Fat from the first movie, played by Chow Yun-Fat, who also took his business legitimate and went to America, set up a restaurant, in New York and they're like pulling him back into the force um, and everybody's being targeted by like assassins and criminals 
And those guys have to be the guys that team up. And first of all, figure out what's happening in America and then go back overseas and put a stop to this uh, attempt by Co to overthrow this business. That wasn't too bad, I don't think. No, I think that was a that was a fair <laughs> run through it. Um, the editing, especially early, does make it a little bit hard to parse, or at least it did for me. Probably because I didn't. I know I've seen a better tomorrow, but it clearly didn't stick with me enough. Maybe I saw I've it se- too early. I've seen it twice, and I'm the same way. Where where I'm like, who are these people again? Oh, that's that Chow Yun Fat is playing his twin brother. Like, that's such there's... a great reveal. It's so funny. Uh, we want Chow Yun Fat in the movie, but he died. Yeah, twin brother. <laughs> so twin brother. Like there's there's all these sort of unconventional uh like through lines th- through the the story and some weird decisions, and it, it, yeah, it makes it really tough to parse. And also like you don't see him until like at least like thirty minutes into the movie, and like the the whole front half is very much exposition heavy, and it doesn't really give you anything to like base off of. You're just expected to remember who all these people are. Um, and I certainly didn't. Yeah, but we got there. We got through it. Mm. That's the plot. And now I have to ask the all important question. Whoever wants to go first, I'm really eager to hear from both of you. I'm more eager to hear from Liam. Liam, you're up. Are you prepared? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm prepared. I watched the movie. Um, yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm with you guys in in kind of being confused by the, the 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 plot, the characters and stuff. Like I I had to replay the first forty seconds of this movie like three times before I realized, oh this this is a flashback. This is this is like a a recap. The movie started and I was like, whoa, we're into this quick, and then I realized, oh, it's a recap. But yeah, I I didn't know what was going on. Um, I thought the action in this movie was so cool there were so many moments where i was just like holy shit um that felt super real and i love the way the stunts are presented where it's it's like with very at times very little grandeur like it's 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 not focused on in fact sometimes it's at like the side of the frame and it's just there for a second like someone falling out of a car and going under the car's wheels but it's just really quick and it makes it feel very real and all makes it even more impressive that they're not dwelling on uh making a big show of a, of a cool stunt. Um, and then there are times when they, they make a big show of, uh, you know, like a crash or like someone uh, falling down a staircase or something. And that just looks awesome too. Cause it's just a dude falling down a staircase. Uh, so I just, In I particular, really, particular, I would yeah. say really quick, the shot where Chow Yun Fat is shooting some guys with two guns and is like well, sliding backwards down a staircase is pretty sick. He, he does that in, in a lot of the John Woo movies. That's like a yeah, signature movie. It's a move. classic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I I liked a lot of that stuff. Um, ultimately, I found that the plot was, if not confusing, then it, it just felt kind of needless at times. Like I mm. thought it was a bit more convoluted uh, than I would like. And it kind of, it starts and stops like the whole subplot with a uh, homie being like catatonic. Um, I thought was really puzzling 
and uh, not very entertaining, but but it spent a whole lot of time on it. Cures him is murder. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. I'm down for that, but. They they don't play it for laughs as much as you'd think there would because there's a part where he's like dribbling spit and crying and unable to eat because he's so tragically depressed. And then he kills someone and he's fine. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like to your like I agree though, where it's like you'd think like you have to play it toward either you take it like really seriously or you're doing it for a bit and they kinda do both. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think I would I would be I guess all right with one or the other. I'd rather they play it serious. I mean, I've seen I've seen some movies where uh, you know trauma is dealt with very seriously, and it it just becomes very harrowing, even though it might seem um, like a, a common critique of uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween Two is that mm. it makes Laurie Strode like way too annoying in in how traumatized she is based on the events of the first movie. But I think the fact that they double down on it and dwell on it is very, very effective. And so, it imagine kind of, a critique of something being this traumatized person is too annoying. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Um, and yeah, I think this is like. It it, it it seems like maybe it's going for a similar thing, but then it, it doesn't stick to it all the way, especially with, you know, the like Mitch said, the fact that, that it's like gunfire that, that brings him out of it. Um, it just seems a bit silly. And, and, and I say that because it really spent a lot of time on this dude. Like it was a subplot for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So... I, uh, I I I come away from this movie um, having an appreciation for the the action that I saw, particularly this this final gunfight that happens. Oh my gosh! And at this third act, like the climax oh, of the movie, um, I'm sure it's been talked about ad nauseum, but it it really is it really is great. Just like so much carnage, um, I love that stuff. But I I can't help but feel that like. I would be better off like taking recommendations from you guys as to a movie that that does this stuff, but uh, um, just has more of it in it. Like I understand that the, that John Woo is like the expert at this, and and he goes on to do um, even more movies. So maybe I would I would more quickly want to pick one of those up because this one felt a bit confused, but it, I came away like having an appreciation for uh the director and the the stunt choreography and all that i just i i it doesn't feel like a a classic to me and i also don't have the um the built-in appreciation that just makes me kind of love hanging out with this movie the way that i do some a, a whole lot of horror movies that like to other people are pretty unremarkable but to me i just like hanging out with them and this didn't quite have that i liked picturing that i was like flipping through cable late at night and i just came across this random movie um and well i was doing that and it was kind of making me appreciate it a bit more as just like a a nice little hidden gem but uh all in all i'd say i'd give it like a like a five out of ten maybe altogether. that that low that's, that's low considering i think what you were saying but it'd, it'd be enough. like a, f- a five or a six, yeah. Okay, that's fair. We need to use Anthony Fantano scale. Like, is it like a light, decent, or strong five? I'd have to, I'd give this one a just 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 a strong five. <laughs> um, Mitch, you're up, pal. 
what do you get? I'm definitely with you in, in pretty much all the same ways. I, I was completely disinterested in everything in this movie that wasn't action. Um, like so much so that I found myself being like genuinely bored and I like started cleaning my room at one point. Um, it's not like, I think of John Woo's other movies like the killer or hard boiled or even the first, uh, a better tomorrow, or even that, like not John Woo, but I like other sort of, um, you know, other gangster movies from Hong Kong or even Japan and that, that have like a similar, um, kind of style. And um, I think that I would rather be watching them than this movie. Like, I think the the final fight scene in this rules, but it's nothing compared to, like, three of the fight scenes in Hard Boiled. Like, the the maternity ward shootout is fucking incredible. Um, some of, the, like, the most tense action I've ever... I've seen. Um, Did Hard Boiled come after this one? Or before? I think I think so. It was also in the eighties, or no, it was in the nineties. I think it was ninety three or ninety two. So after, okay. um, yeah, that movie's hard boiled. This movie's underdone. <laughs> um, Oof! <laughs> damn. It's, uh, it 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 just needs more, um, more structure. It just feels like an excuse to kind of like string together action sequences, and and the the means by which they do so is rather incoherent. And so as a result, I was completely checked out for a lot of like the interpersonal drama and the motivations because the motivations seem for all the characters and why they're doing what they're doing and behaving what they do. I'm not sure if there's like on one level a cultural disconnect. Uh, I'm and I'm sure there is, but but also um, a lot of it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, and maybe it's because like I wasn't paying that close attention, but it just feels like a very fragmented movie that is. Uh, doesn't make a lot of sense yeah um i i think i i generally agree with what you guys are saying i did not have a ton of i guess attachment to the the narrative thrust but at the same time that's not really what i came for so i'm kind of okay with that and even then there are moments where i think they 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 execute some of it in an interesting way like i said about the moment when Lung is like just like a crying and dribbling spit and just like the most tragic image of like a person who's been emotionally crushed and i think like that's interesting and i think the way that it tries to balance that with like the rice fight and just completely swinging the other way is really interesting i think it's really stylistically cool as well um I, it this movie loves a good cross cut Loves cross cutting sure between does. things, and I. But I think it does it in a lot of like interesting ways. Like I always found it really compelling. Um, but as you guys are saying, like what you're here for is how sick the action is, and the action is sick. You know, mm-hmm. like that's all you need, and they they execute that so well. And I think everybody's performances are really like working in service of that, um, getting that across. And I think. It's also just nice to see, like, it seems like everybody's also just, like, having a good time making it, which which never hurts, you know? Uh, it also moves at such an insane pace. Um, you thought it, you thought it moved by pretty quick. Well, no, but, but like, or just, narratively, or just the, like, so many yeah. things happen so fast. 
Um, like, and then it does she's, slow she's down in the hospital, for a while. They're in New York, and like, yeah, it's like, yeah, um, it you're around. in jail. No, you're not. Your brother's doing it now. You are. He's her boyfriend. They're getting together. Um, you're going to New York. You're catatonic. Here's a guy. There's a guy. Here's a guy. You know, like kill, 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 kill. You're like, me- you're meeting with Co. He's shooting people. Now you have to leave, and now you're here, and here we are, and then you're there, and I'm just like, oh, and that was all in the first like 25, 30 minutes, and all and then of it's it kind of wrapped down. up with this with these cliches too, like these narrative and sort of character driven cliches as well, yeah. like that are kind of gluing it together. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely all over the map. I agree with you. But at the same time, like, I don't, I don't mind. Like, no, do I? <laughs> this movie accomplishes exactly its goals, and even from the moments when I was a little bored, like it did more than enough to compensate for that later. Mm-hmm. Like, and also, it's just like, um, even like right at the beginning, it's just like, okay, we're starting with a dance. The, yeah, okay. that waltz, that waltz scene that is, waltz really is well so done. awesome. And the and camera the like dollies the, through it, and then it crosses. Yeah, dude, with the car driving the Mercedes, and he's like looking at people who he, I think he has to kill, or or uh, I think maybe pe- uh, business adversaries. It's uh, it's yeah. very very stylish. Um, I don't think it's as stylish as the first movie. I don't think it's as good as the first movie in any way. Um, but it's really good to see can uh put on mark's overcoat and those sunglasses and just like fill it up with grenades and uh go to town (laughs) yeah the the arming up montage they've got it down to a fucking science yeah like it's so sick yeah i find that that uh these movies with chow yun fat that are you know by john woo all have really fucking like sick arm arming choices and like and like just like a wide array of like very dope 80s guns and just uh they always nail that uzis everywhere yeah and they nail like the like the shotgun physics like the blasts like sending people like miles away and and uh they also nail i think like sort of supporting assassin characters that are very distinct that behave kind of strangely and, and have like some pretty cold kills like that that one dude with the sunglasses and the silenced revolver um is pretty fucking sick yeah, no, it's like <laughs> it's awesome. Um I I know this isn't the start of the movie, but can we talk about the restaurant? The fried rice scene? Can we talk about the fried rice scene? I'd love to. So so we get to New York. Uh Jason takes Manhattan and It doesn't feel like New York. No, well it feels like a part of New York. Perhaps. Also like Jason takes Manhattan. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. mm. and so there's this group of like wh- who you think are just like movie punks who come into the restaurant and you're like are they gonna be the people that cause trouble in here and get chow yun fat to go off um and then they're like hey man ken's gonna see you guys wearing that and he's gonna say you look stupid <laughs> like take it off and then you know it becomes clear that like they're they're like neighborhood kids who like help around the place and um, you're just like getting accustomed to everybody, and we're seeing Chai and Fat playing this twin character back in the kitchen, chatting with the old guy. And then the iconic line it just cuts to the dining room, and there's two like greasy mob looking guys in there, and you just get hit with this fucking fried rice steaks, and he just throws it all over the room. <laughs> and 
it just immediately devolves into like Chai and Fat's like, I'm not even gonna entertain this guy. He, I'm gonna have fun, and he like starts talking about the the rice and the importance of the rice, and they threaten to blow up his restaurant they, if he doesn't pay the money. He's like, oh, man, how am I going to pay you guys money? You didn't even like my rice. Are you sure you don't want to eat my rice? And then as Mitch mentioned, they talk about apologizing to the rice, and um, it just devolves into people pointing guns at each other. And when the cop comes in, and he's like, put the gun down, and then the guy refuses to eat the rice, and when, when Ken insists, the cop is just like, okay, maybe you should just eat the rice. That's right. You better eat <laughs> you that asshole. That's you don't like my rice? What's wrong with it? It's it's beautiful to me, but to you, rice is nothing. To us, it is like my father and mother. Don't fuck with my family. If you have any dignity, apologize to the rice right now. Yeah, that man. Was I don't know. That shit is awesome. Yeah, that was a great scene. I, I love stuff like that. Like uh just weird, sort of like nonsensical set pieces in movies um where they just they decide to just like hang their hat on some sort of ridiculous concept and then just uh they go all in on it like that scene is is just as memorable i think as the final gunfight could just it's just like peculiar and, and cool and i, I would have liked i mean i, I want to say i would have liked more scenes like that but you can only have so many scenes like that in a movie i guess but i i really like that part yeah, but even the more like straightforward action scenes are awesome. Like there's the moment where two two groups of gang members are just exchanging briefcases of money and they're like meeting in um in an alley, well, not an alley, they're meeting in like a field by a lake and it immediately just devolves into gunfire so one gang can steal both briefcases of money and um everybody's just shooting each other up and they're trying to run away and there's a guy in a boat that people try to jump into and then kit shows up and he just starts gunning down like everybody and steals the boat <laughs> and it's like it's just awesome I, I love the way the gunshots look in this movie too when they hit people like it is oh. classic like squibbage and so and it's just they're huge yeah dude Squibs oh. are, like, are like entire jars of jam like yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, so I love that. There's just some great gore moments of someone just getting hit by a gunshot and their chest just like explodes. Yeah, and with they like red. fly down a flight of stairs or something. Also, yeah. the use of a of a sword and an axe is pretty fucking sick in this. For a gun fu movie, it was nice to see. Yeah, I I appreciate that because. Uh, because I think from from what little I've experienced, um, I think I'm more of like a a, a fist guy, a, a kung fu guy, than I am a gun fu guy. So I liked I liked when the combination happened and and things got really physical. Because the reason I think that I don't like action movies as as much as um, uh, horror movies or even like. Um, uh, martial martial arts movies um more specifically is because like i i like when actors are close and like you can you can feel the weight of someone hitting another person it feels so intimate whereas guns you know you can stand at a distance from someone and and get a bunch of people out in one go and it just feels less uh less satisfying less scary less um 
It, ju- it just hits me less. And so I like that this movie combines those things with uh, one, like the gunshots just really do look wicked and you don't get that in, in all kinds of action movies. Sometimes people just uh, drop or um, you don't really get the, the blood action. This has that. And then like Corey said, like sometimes someone will get shot, they'll fall downstairs or like they'll get hit by a car or something. And uh, I really, I really like that stuff. It, it, the violence and the action in this movie, like actually, it it was uh, kind of goofy, but in like a an emphatic, um, impactful way. I, I I dug it. I honestly think that both through the action scenes and through some of the more narrative stuff, because the pace is moving at it so fast. I think a legitimate strength that this movie has is like establishing important information in a scene in like two seconds and then just moving on. Like in a more silly feeling narrative example, like when Kit's wife goes to like the pregnancy doctor meeting alone and looks around and she's the only person who's alone that immediately just communicates all of like the loneliness and estrangement feelings. And then it just is like, boom, done scene over. But it's the same Mm. in the action where it's like, here's a guy, here's a gun, here's a bullet, here's a knife. And it's just like, it, it's just like communicating everything so quickly, which is why it does feel weird when it slows down and like, here's Chow Yun Fat force drinking a dude some milk because he won't eat food. Yeah. And here's the guy, here he is like taking five minutes of our time to eat a bagel or like or, or a donut or whatever it is. Yeah. Here's or, him throwing all of his food out of the fridge because he's mad that he won't eat because he's so sad. Here's all the dudes throwing an orange at each other because none of them wants the orange. Like That's kind of funny. That is fun, but uh, there's a lot of weird interludes in this movie that are like, huh? But it's a, it's a good time. Yeah, and I hate any time we watch a movie that I think is cool, I'm always worried when I just have nothing to say, b- but this dude, or like this stuff is sick, and this dude is sick, mm. but like so much of this is just like, it's just really cool. That is like um, the single like appeal of this movie is just like, Oh yeah, like that looked great. Like this, I will say when they blow up the restaurant, there's a dude walking outside the restaurant who gets hit by the door flying off the building. It's a great and that is touch. such an interesting detail. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they did that. That was awesome. Like this is actually they just actually did blowing that too. up. It's what it seems like, man. It's it's wild, and like even a simple thing like the dude getting his uh, head banged into the car hood over and over. Um, yeah, that was really brutal. Yeah, and I'm looking at that. I'm like, is this like a fake car hood? But it doesn't look soft. Like this is just some WWE shit. Like I don't. Did this guy just agree to have it happen to him? Like it looks so real. It's 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 totally wild like there's no camera cuts that are of like close-ups of super close-ups of his face hitting and like um all these changes and angle where like maybe they could mask some stuff like you're mostly just watching this dude straight up just getting wailed on this car hood so i don't know and i almost think it's like it's a lot more effective i feel like that they don't get more into it or closer to it because you just see this this character that's like one of your main dudes that you see a lot of and it's just like i don't want to watch leslie chung get his head slammed into a car like eight times Mm -hmm. you know like but it's such an effective scene um it's so brutal and then there's something so great about like the melodrama of like a brother having to shoot his brother to keep a secret and then like circling back to try to save his life and succeeding (laughs) 
that scene where he runs through the hospital with his brother oh, and his so arms good. in the slum. Like John Woo knows, John Woo knows how to make two a about fucking movie. Yeah, I mean, like this one is not his best. Like I don't think it's even close to his best. Um, but there's his traces of like his style and his sensibility, and I don't think it all comes to like that perfect uh, peak like it does in, in so many of his other movies. But there are like moments that are just like so visually stimulating and so um, engrossing that like this movie is still worth your time. A hundred percent it is. Um, also, mm. they did find a way. They're like, okay, so in the first movie, Chow Yun Fat does something cool with a cigarette by lighting it with a flaming thousand or hundred dollar bill. How do we top that? And I was convinced they weren't going to find a way, but they do. And I'm not sure this is a thing that people do in real life, but Chow Yun Fat will just light a lighter and just suck on the flame into his mouth. Yeah, I thought that part was kind of lame, honestly. Like, I'm like, what is he? They do it twice. And I'm like, Why, what's the point of this? Oh, all right, whatever. Um, but I feel like if you also go into the, a movie like this where you're like, what's the point? Why is that there? Why? Like, if you, if you go in with that mindset to a movie like this, I think you're going with, like, the wrong mindset because there's going to be a lot of things that you don't like and there's going to be misses but the things that hit hit yeah um also i'm the music in this movie is really good yeah i i don't think it's as deployed or, or edited in as well as in other movies but because it's it's just sort of a repeat a lot of the tracks of the original movie um if it ain't broke but but if you look at like the the nightclub shooting and the way that the score is used for that particular sequence in the first movie where Chow Yun-Fat like shoots these guys um, in a nightclub and there's this scene where he like walks up a hallway very slowly. Um, they reuse that soundtrack here, but it's just like for a mundane scene. I feel like the, the music is dope, but it's not used as well with like complimenting footage as I think the original movie does. I think the editing is is stronger, and um, you're so telling the me you don't motifs. think it's cool that they reuse the music from the dancing scene when Kit dies. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, don't whatever. laugh at me. You want to know what was cool? Yeah, what was cool. Undeniably, so that yeah. this movie like had a kid get shot. That, that oh, sounded yeah, fucked up the way I said that. Uh, no, it, it, was coo- it was cool that this so movie like cool, killed bro. a kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it happened last week with the blob as well. I mean, it's just uh, it's a it's a cool way to ratchet up the stakes in your movie. It's just surprising, and it makes the action feel real. I I was like, damn. That that's what I was like. Yeah, it is hardcore. Yeah, I think this movie is just a really great watch if you're just looking for some really great action mixed with some occasionally baffling uh baffling is maybe slightly unfair. Um some real swings on the narrative front um is maybe a good way to put it. Uh and just sort of being ready for for anything to come at you. I think this is a good time. I think it's well worth giving it a shot for sure. I agree. I, I, again, it's it's tough because I don't know if it doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement where we're just kind of like, yeah, it's worth checking out if you want to. But like, if you think you would enjoy it, you will. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's a good way of putting it. Like, if you're like, I might like that based on what we're saying, you will like it. 
what would you guys recommend to me now that I I liked this movie, but um, I aligned with what a lot of Mitch said, where Mitch was saying that this is like far from this dude's best. Um, again, I, ca- I can't say that wholeheartedly because I haven't seen the other ones, but this movie felt to me like, like uh, a movie that had traces of brilliance and like shows off that what the director can do, but I don't think it is a uh, all guns blazing. Um, well, it is all guns blazing. It is, but but it's not. It's not. It's an undeniably all guns blazing. <laughs> it's it's not firing on all cylinders, I guess. Um, and but it but like I I wholeheartedly believe that that his other movies might do that. I mean, this movie came out a year after the first one, right? Like it sounds like they just pumped it out. So what are what are yeah, other that's called movies? Striking while the iron's hot. Yeah. What are other movies that either this dude did or similar movies where it's like all the way through just is what I want. I just want that sweet, sweet action and just I want to be hooked the entire time. The killer, probably, right? Hard boiled you definitely can't can't go wrong with it. The killer, I would say too, is uh is essential viewing. Bullet in the head is not bad, but I I would I'm I would say a better tomorrow, the first one, the killer and hard boiled are, are like some of my favorites. Um yeah. How is face There's, off in that regard? Um I like I like face off, but I don't I don't think it's John Woo's best again. It's good camp, but I, I think that I the approach is different. His, I prefer his action movies when he was working in, in China or Hong Kong. Yeah, I think with face off, like face off has like the John Woo trademarks. But it's also much more interested in, as Mitch said, like the levels of camp it can get out of Nick Cage playing a guy, playing a guy in his body, and John Travolta playing a guy, playing a guy in his body. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that. That sounds like I would love that, but it also it sounds like it's uh, different from what this movie is doing. His, it is his, different his from film... what this is. He made another American one in, in the '90s called uh, Hard Target with Jean Claude Van Damme, and it's kind of uh, it's like a exactly what you think it would be like, kind of like late night. Uh, well, it's a Jean Claude Van Damme movie. I mean, is Hard Target the hockey one? Uh, no, that's uh, Goon. You're thinking of Goon. There's one where Jean Claude Van Damme fights the Pittsburgh Penguins mascot. That's not this one. That sounds awesome. I love mascots <laughs> getting into shenanigans. This, I don't think it's this one. No, I'm thinking of Sudden Death. Uh, I haven't seen that one. He fights the Pittsburgh Penguins mascot. Does he win? I mean, Jean-Claude Van Damme's still around. I haven't seen that mascot lately. <laughs> <laughs> A Better Tomorrow 2 sick, dude. <laughs> Asked and answered. I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad I I picked it and we all we all came out with a positive opinion of it. Yeah, go check out more John Woo. Go check out more Choi Hawk. He's done a ton of shit. Go check out more Chow Yun Fat. Joe Joe check out more Leslie Chung. It's all there, folks. It's all there, folks. Go check out more movies David Woo edited. Because again, the editing in this movie's nuts. <laughs> the editing in Bride of Chucky is pretty nuts too, I must say. This dude knows how to like cross cut. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah, yeah. There's some nice cross cutting. No lie, Bride of Chucky. Oh, 
can we talk about how cool the fucking sunglasses hitman is the guy that they used to frame the murders and like they go in for that meeting with co and everybody's dressed to the nines they're at like a gala and it gets to the point where it's coming to blows and people are drawing weapons and uh he's got a silenced pistol that he sneaks out and he's supposed to be there to kill the guy who then goes catatonic later, but he just shoots the people he's pointing the gun at to make him think that he killed them. And that's so good, man. Like that is really a, a that interesting scene is setup. awesome. And the shots of like, from the guns perspective oh, are so good. Yeah. And like blood just starts like coming the out of the lampshade. Oh dude, blood the dripping lampshade. down the lampshade. The, the yeah. Thick. Again, like that, that's a scene that shows me like, this director like he's he's got it he knows what he's doing i just think the script and like the idea for the the way that this movie unfolds uh ended up not hitting as hard but like the ingredients are there like those there's yeah that that's that shot where like the camera shifts focus from the point of view of the gun to uh, the person in front of the gun back to the gun like it 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 changes focus and then you see like this dude's white gloves and his lap is sort of a close-up and then the blood dripping down the lampshade it it is just really uh it's like film school stuff you know like they would show that to you and be like yeah we often use the phrase legible action on this podcast and i think that this is like one of the best examples you can probably give of that or any john woo movie for that matter it's it's a kind of action that that is very easy to follow and very engaging and the the choreography they're choreographed in a way with sort of full shots where where people sort of come in sequentially like especially the stuff near the end where um uh, Chow Yun Fat's character is just like hip firing and spinning around and shooting guys as they like, come in through doors, like surrounding him, and it's all done in one take. It's uh, it's it's an action that is easy to follow. It's not like action that's edited today, where um, the cutting is is uh, makes it so that it's difficult to tell where people are in relation to each other. You know exactly where each other, where the two characters are, and you see it unfold in a way that is very satisfying. Um, just a brilliantly edited movie and, and a really well choreographed and, and photographed action. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. <laughs> Shout out to naming your kid after the spirit of righteousness and then dying immediately. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's what happens. Nothing cooler than that. Nothing fucking cooler than that, baby. Then great movie. Talking about it makes me like it more. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm having a good time. Uh, I have not picked a movie in the last hour. I forgot it was me. Um, huh. You forgot it was you before this episode or within the last hour? I forgot who I was. <laughs> Pick a better tomorrow <laughs> three, bro. Sorry? A better tomorrow That's three. That's true. Yeah, that's I, on the table. I, I could do that. You could. Now... Uh, do I want? Uh, ha- so again, let's let's remind the listeners: this is Corey's last pick before our our season ends, and we do a top ten episode of the last year. So I guess I have a question. I have a, I have a series of questions. Okay, it's going to be House 2, the second story. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Let's do that. No, I edit in the cheering. You don't have to do that. (laughs) 
yeah, fuck it. Although I do want to know what the Genero would have been. I'm very curious. Now that we threatened the Genero and didn't do it, what did we avoid? What fate did we avoid? We avoided the Equalizer 2. All right. Which I think is the Denzel Fair Washington enough. one, probably. It is, yeah. Yeah. Okay, House 2, the second story. I know a bunch of people that like that movie, so uh, I don't think I actually know what it's about. Um, so the second story of the house. So I, I have a lot to learn. Uh, it's house time. Mitch, you sound like you urgently want to leave, so uh, do you have anything you want to plug first? Are you going to go piss? He's urgently leaving. He's urgently pissing. Alameo. <laughs> what did you think I was going to pick? I can't tell you. It'll spoil my pick for next week. Oh, fuck. I can't wait that long. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be you're dead gonna have to. You're going to have to. Um, are you going to tell me what you're going to plug, or do I have to wait for those two? No, I'll tell you what I'm going to plug because I know you're not going to plug the same thing as me. If I'll I plug, plug the uh, same thing, <laughs> I'll plug uh, my uh, film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterbox. Letterbox is more interesting, but I do have a Twitter account. Um, the username is Graham the Mallo. See what's up, and see if you can uh, guess suss out what I'm going to pick next week. It is somewhere on my Letterbox page. You can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mr. Corey Price. My Twitter is probably slightly more interesting. Um, you can also follow MK Podquest. That's another podcast that I do with our friend Neil about like um, Mortal Kombat stuff. We're doing Mortal Kombat Conquest episode commentaries and also talking about some comic books. If you want to hear me talk about Formula One, uh, you can go to Strat2F1 on Twitter. I do that with uh, my friend Callum. Or you can just message him on Facebook. He'll talk to you about it. You could write me a letter in the mail. Corey loves writing letters about Formula One. It's true. It's the slowest method of conversation and the fastest method of travel. You write a letter and then like you get it delivered. Butter. You get it delivered by a Formula One car. It evens it out and makes it about as fast as uh, 100%. an email with, with bad internet. It's true. That's just how it works. That's the law. Thank you all once again for listening to this episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, which is all one word, and on Letterboxd at TMAO. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everything else as They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and which John Woo movie Liam should watch. Our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson, who you can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And with all that out of the way, we'll find out what's upstairs next time. And they made another one. I must go. Goodbye.